everyone, welcome back to the show in Pursuit. You are listening to Nia. And first of all, a very, very happy new year to all my listeners. And I do apologize for the delay. I know that I recorded my last episode, I think somewhere around July, and it's been <laughs> the new year. So it's been like seven months. Um, so there is a lot of reasons behind that. And the one thing, and the most important one, is actually we re- relocated from Sydney to Melbourne for good. And the next is that I've been looking for a job since July and it's been a very quiet, stressful time for me. So, and I'm really happy to let you all know that I got my job and my new job and I'll be starting as a tertiary manager with one of the medical devices industry and I'll be starting uh, on 23rd this month. So I'm really excited about that as well. So I thought today I will talk more on my experience as a field applications scientist. What did I do on a day-to-day basis? And if this is something of interest to you, then where would you be working as an FAS? What are the different job titles? Uh, What skills should you have if you are interested in becoming one? First of all, who is a field application scientist? So a field application scientist, actually we go by different names. It could be called as a field application scientist, sometimes a field support scientist, um, a technical support scientist, a technical sales representative, or maybe a product application specialist. So all of this, it could be different job titles, but it's actually all the same. Now, who is a field application scientist? So by definition, a field application scientist is someone who acts as a bridge between the scientific tools, the technology and the customers. And the customer being it could be research, uh, the PhD level scientist, or it could also be public and private pathology labs. So as a clinical application specialist, in both of my roles, I was supporting NSW, ACT and Victoria tertiaries. So that's how the work would be managed. And of course, that depends on the size of the company that you would be working with. And when you think about the job responsibilities of an affairs, I think you can divide it into two. One is the pre-sales and the post-sales part. In the pre-sales part comes the product demonstrations. So before a sale happens, the product demonstrations is something NFAS should do. So when it comes to post-sales, so that would be training the internal staff on that equipment or the piece of software. You have to prepare the training manuals. And sometimes you we also provide refresher trainings if that's required. Let's say, for instance, if it's a flow cytometry lab, and we are supporting the flow cytometry portfolio. So we would also be helping the researchers with the experiment design, the panel design, and sometimes even the protocols as well. And then comes the ongoing customer service. So that means you are the first point of contact for the customer. So in case of any application related queries, they would be contacting you in the first place. So if that is something which is beyond your expertise and sometimes you will have to work with the engineers, especially when it comes to the equipment. So if it's an application or a software related query, you would be the first person to solve it. But sometimes you would also require some extra hands, engineers to help solve your issue. So that's basically more about the different job responsibilities. And... When it comes to the customer service, the customers might reach out to you by email or by calls. And depending on the type of the issue, 
you have to decide whether or not you have to be at the site. But most of the time, you have to be in the field because it's not only about troubleshooting, it's also about building relationship. So that's why some people call it as a technical sales representative. It's like the extra eyes on the market. So we work with the account managers and we help support our team. So how do we do that? So because you are the first point of contact in the field, so that means you will be having a really good relationship and the customers, especially if you're a PhD level scientist, they are going to trust you more. And you need to understand that. This is something that I learned when I moved out from academia. So in industry, it's all about the team play. We work together with many people, starting with the supply chain, sales, marketing, management. So this, by working in the field, we gather the competitive intelligence and that's what we communicate to our management team. So we are really integral part of the whole team. In case of you would collaborate with the R&D department and provide recommendations on how products can be improved. So I think you now understand how important a field application scientist role is. So we are building or we are drawing on our scientific skills such as problem solving, our technical expertise and critical thinking. Now the question is what skills do you need to become an FAS? So the first would be excellent communication troubleshooting skills, analytical problem solving skills. And I think as a PhD student, all of this is given. We already have acquired the problem solving, critical thinking and analytical skills during your studies. So you don't have to worry about that. And a few more things that I would recommend is that you have to be comfortable with extensive travel, especially if it's a big company, then that means you will be having a lot of customers and you might be traveling a lot. That's one thing. And the next thing is you need to have the ability to quickly learn about science outside your area of expertise. But I think, again, as a PhD student, the one thing that we all have studied is actually how to learn new things. And so I think that would be really easy for you. And also the customer service experience is something that could be new to you. And it is good to understand how you can handle the criticism because the customers, they are not always very kind. Uh, the, you could face certain situations where, you know, the customers are angry, frustrated. The normal customer service issues that any person in customer service would experience. And that's a part of this job as well. And if you're someone who actually really liked the idea of becoming an FAS, this is what I would recommend. Maybe training undergraduates in your lab on your products, your techniques and everything could actually help your resume. Again, gain teaching experience, become the expert in the technology or the product you are using because you have to believe the product so that you could sell. And lastly, I would say when you prepare your resume for an FAS position, you need to make sure that you focus on the skills that is required for the FAS position. So what do I mean by that? That is give emphasis on your teaching experience, on your training experience, your presentations, your conferences, and all those things which is related to communication. And when it comes to the day of the interview, when you prepare for the interview, you need to understand that they will be asking you a lot of questions on that certain product portfolio. So if it's a flow cytometry clinical application specialist position, 
they might not be asking you a lot on the customer service uh, questions, but they will be asking you about your analyzer, the number of laces, all the theory, the principles, and most importantly, the way you might have solved a particular issue. You know, they need to know how do you think in a certain situation. So about your troubleshooting, your critical thinking, the problem solving. So they will be asking you different set of questions to understand, maybe like a behavioral interview sort of questions to understand how you solve that particular situation. Well, I think that's it for today's pod. And I hope this was a bit useful to my listeners. So if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me at email at nialopez.com or you can please subscribe to this channel. So I wish you everyone a very happy new year once again. Talk soon. Bye-bye.